0: hello and welcome to this postdoc academy podcast i'm your host jenny hayward and today we're talking about research culture what it is why there's a problem with it at cambridge and in academia more generally and what we can do to make it better today i'm joined by liz simmons
1: uh, i am assistant head of the postdoc academy and chair of the university's working group on research culture and the Concordat. act eating sure
2: I'm E.T. I'm currently a research associate at the Department of Computer Science like Technology and also the Vice President at the PDOC Society.
0: And Owen O'Sullivan.
3: Yeah, so I, I, I am the, the Babbage Fellow of Technology and Innovation Policy in the Engineering Department.
0: So the first three questions, I believe, are for Liz. So Liz, what do you mean by research culture and why is it a problem?
1: So um, what we mean when we talk about research culture is it's really describing the environment that we do research in. So that's people's attitudes, people's behaviour, people's expectations. I mean, in practical terms, what it means is we are thinking about things like Uh, how we manage people, how we support people, how we reward, recognize them, and how they're all connected. Um, It's pretty well evidenced that we've got a problem with culture in academia. Um, There are some real challenges. The system is highly pressurized. It's very competitive. I don't think we support or encourage people to do their best work. And and at its very worst, we see some very poor behavior um, in the culture i mean in many ways i think it makes research a quite unattractive career but research is like a vocation really people really want to do it and so they put up with it and i think the fact that people are willing to tolerate the downsides of uh, the culture um coupled with the fact that it's a really really complicated challenge because all the problems are very very um intimately interconnected so if you change one part of the system um, and you don't change other parts of the system, then it's really difficult to have a positive effect. For years, that stopped us from really tackling the challenges in research culture. But I'm really pleased that, that that's really changing at the moment.
0: And This wasn't actually on the list, but I'm going to throw in a bonus one. Um, when, as you say, that it, everything's it's all quite interconnected, it's a very sort of um, complicated issue. How do you start to tackle something like that?
1: So... I think that the the, the first thing we've done as a sector is start to develop some evidence um, to to back up what we've kind of anecdotally known for years. So for years, people have spoken about um, the problems in research culture, but it's only really in the last couple of years that um, some big organizations, for example, the Wellcome Trust did a a large survey looking at um, the challenges in research culture. And that means we then have kind of absolute proof from which to say look this is a problem we need to do something about it and because it's complicated um we we can only really make a change if we are really ambitious um, and we really say you know let's absolutely be big and bold and do this and also we all work together as a sector and i think all working together as a sector is probably the most important part. Because so for example, if if in Cambridge we made a change to our, our promotion criteria for academics, which recognized some of the broader skills like leadership or collegiality, um, as much as we were recognising people's research output, that would be great for our for our academics at Cambridge. But if they were then going off to apply for a job in another institution, Um, they would be measured by different standards. So that's why you you can't really change things in localised spaces and make a proper um, positive effect. So I think it's going to take higher education institutions and research organisations to really work together. And I think what's probably most exciting is that the funders are really on board with this agenda and they really want to make changes. And in many ways, they are ahead of us as universities. And I think if we all work together, then I think we can really make positive change in this area.
0: So what's happening at Cambridge then?
1: Okay so at Cambridge we are really tackling this issue head-on. We absolutely acknowledge that the research culture at Cambridge is not perfect And, and some of those issues are very specific to our institution but many of them are systemic challenges that we see in universities all over the UK, all over the world. So at Cambridge in the last two years we've started to build our evidence base uh, we did an all-staff survey uh, which included postdocs back in um, 2018 and uh, earlier this year we uh, surveyed our postdoc alumni and so we've got quite a good picture now of where the challenges really lie for us for our for our own institution in terms of research culture. We also uh, took the uh, Researcher Development Concordat which is a a big policy document that um, is all about how we manage and support researchers and we've mapped all, what we're doing at Cambridge onto the obligations uh, that are set out in that document and as a signatory to that concordat, um, we are um, obliged to uphold those obligations. So we have this real strong sense now of um, where, we, uh, where we do well and where we don't do so well. So then I am chairing the working group on research culture in the Concordat, we have a really broad membership on that working group. So we have academics, we have postdocs, we have people from HR, we have people from the research office, you know, all the all the parts of the university that really intersect on this issue of research culture. And, and together, that group has drawn up some, some high-level ambitions. So we, we've kind of set out now where we're trying to get to in terms of research culture. And what we're working on at the moment is um, an institutional action plan so we're really now getting into the detail of what can we do what initiatives can we start that will really start to bring positive change to research culture at Cambridge.
0: Um, And whose responsibility do you think it is to make research culture better?
1: So it's everyone's responsibility to help create good research culture. Um, It's because of the hierarchy in academia I think it's it's sometimes um, we can easily get drawn into seeing um, seeing it as the PI's responsibility to make things right for their early career researchers. And, and certainly a lot of the, the negative aspects that we see, the, the problems that we see are related to that hierarchy. But PIs are under a lot of pressure as well. And I'm really keen that that we support them and, and we work all in partnership really. And even those of us who, who work in the professional service um, area supporting postdocs, that we all work together Um, to really bring about change. Um, I mean, as chair of the working group, uh, I'm slightly intimidated by the idea of trying to to really drive institutional change um, somewhere uh, on the scale of Cambridge. I'm really pleased so far with how well everybody is engaging with the agenda, Um, but it is a really big challenge. It's one I'm very excited about, but also um, at times I think, oh, my goodness, this is a really big piece of work. Um, but it's something we all need to work on. And I'm really keen to engage uh, the postdoc community with this and, um, and Yi Ting, I think we'll talk a little bit more about how postdocs can can really get involved. And I'd love to have more postdocs involved.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Liz. So you mentioned Yi Ting there. So we'll move on to some some questions for her. Um... So, Ting, what are the different ways um, that research culture impacts you as a postdoc?
2: So, I have to say I've been very fortunate. I have only positive experience so far at Cambridge. I'm starting my second year currently. The group I'm with, the Cambridge Cybercrime Centre, is very supportive of collaborative work. both within the group and uh, outside of the institution, they're also very understanding and supportive of me partaking in a lot of the training courses at the university offer. So I mean I've learned how to do use Linux, I've learned how to use Python, basic SQL. So I was very I'm very great, grateful of that. And I love the fact that my PIs, my line managers are all very encouraging and I had the freedom to share and pursue new ideas and perspective anytime. So I think so far it's been a very positive experience.
0: Um, what do you think that the university needs
2: to focus on improving the most? I, the simple answer to that question is communication. And, but I think there's a lot of aspects that go into it. I think, first of all, I, there should be more recognition and promotion of collaborative research and projects within a university. And I learned that from a, a personal interaction I had with a social network analysis training course where the instructor was working on misinformation campaign on Twitter. And I approach him afterwards, saying that I'm interested in working on this, and there are other, several other groups on the institution that works on different aspect of that topic. And he's like, I never heard of any of these groups, <laughs> and he would love to get in touch. So I think that's one aspect of communication that needs to be worked on: is to recognize that there are actually cross-departmental collaboration going on all the time but it's just not brought to the you know, spotlight or feature sometimes. And I think that will help create at least the first step, saying that, you know, the institution actually is doing all this stuff. It's just not recognized by the you know, other PIs, by postdocs. So I think that's a good first step. And the second step would be communication in terms of accessibility of resources. And that includes professional development or interdisciplinary research. Because, I mean, I personally have, Gone through a lot of different training courses by UIS by RDP, but I have when talking to other postdocs during my time as a vice president and being involved in the postdoc society, it's surprisingly uh, shocking that some postdocs have not are unaware of the the resources that are available, like the career service. They have been amazing during this lockdown period. When I was thinking about my you know career outlook in the pandemic they were very helpful they provided a lot of advice on how to go about um planning or you know if you're looking at alternative career option and when i was sharing this to some and some other postdocs and say oh i didn't realize there's such services i was like oh i wish more people had known because it's very helpful so i think those are the main two things when i think about communication
0: thank you yeah that's really interesting actually And how. If postdocs are interested in getting involved in helping this kind of work of improving research culture, how can
2: they get involved? So I, I know of two ways to get involved. First is to be involved through the postdoc society. That's how I got involved working on the Concordat Working Group. We're always looking for people who are interested in being representative. And it's not just working on the Concordat Working Group. There are multiple different university committees that the postdoc society has represented on. So if you're interested in research culture like or well-being, welfare, equality and diversity, so through the postdoc society, you can become a postdoc representative on these committees. And another route I can think of is at departmental postdoc societies or committees. So if you are interested in giving back to your department and helping postdoc within your department, that's another good way to help out. And Liz may have, some other ideas to how postdoc can become involved in this as well.
1: So I think if, if you are interested in research culture, I'd love to hear from you um, and you can read a little bit more about what we're doing and, and find my contact details on the postdoc academy's web pages. Um, we are really in the process of drafting the plan at the moment. And I'd love postdocs to be involved in that space um, in terms of looking at what we're putting together, providing comments and feedback. So, if you're interested, do get in touch.
0: Great, thank you. All right, so we're going to look at it from a slightly different perspective now. So, we're going to move over to Owen and some questions from a, from a PI's perspective. So, um, Owen, as a PI, why is good research culture important to you? Uh,
3: for PIs, I think research culture should be, should be critical. Um, good research culture will encourage more creativity, more initiative, more impact, I think just more added value to the research activity. So I think in, in particular, from my perspective, good research culture is vital to, as has been said earlier, supporting good collaboration, you know, ensuring the creativity and new initiative from interactions between collaborating researchers, uh, especially in multidisciplinary areas. It's, it's um, good research culture is essential for the careers of the researchers. It's uh, It's vital to enhancing career paths and opportunities. Uh, facilitating exchange of ideas, uh, mobility, often between researchers between academia and industry or, or government in the case of my research. And it, you know, it leads to building better, uh, stronger networks, more efficient sharing of knowledge, more fusion of ideas, all of which makes the research better and more impactful and, and more competitive. Um, I think the research I do uh, at the res- interface between technology and policy and economics um, you know, just wouldn't work culturally if if you know, we weren't supporting collaboration and multidisciplinarity and stakeholder engagement and movement of people and attention to the career paths of people who were interested in doing this kind of research, if it's not being proactively supported. So a very long way of saying good research culture is important because it allows us to do our job.
0: And what do you think, um, from your perspective, are the difficult, difficult things about creating good research culture?
3: I think, as as Liz was saying earlier, it's it's a lot of it is to do with lack of time, lack of bandwidth, competition for funding and promotion, and I think very often just sometimes too too narrow metrics of success and performance indicators, and they can just create behaviours which are detrimental to good research culture and and ultimately self defeating. You know, ultimately behaviours which will reduce the quality and impact of research. I think that the time is 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 a huge thing. Right, we're all so busy now, so many urgent deadlines, and it's it's harder to to protect the time, uh, to invest the time into, you know, for example, critically for me, um, talking to researchers about the next stages of their career, you know, or, or to invest the time in, in creating more career-focused opportunities for them or postdocs, you know, whether it's uh, arranging extended visits to collaborators or placements with partners, or and so know, yeah, again, it's, in my experience, it's it's always worth the investment in that time, for, particularly for me. I mean, taking the time taking the time to, to understand what the researcher wants to do next and then exploring with them how we might configure or reconfigure projects or create a little pilot studies with those next steps in their career in mind the attention to what they want in their cvs and who they want to be networked with it's it's always worthwhile it's always valuable and, and the thing is the projects always comes out stronger of those conversations it's it certainly ends up being more impactful And they certainly end up being more aligned with the enthusiasms and passions of the researcher, which in turn, of course, will will also make the project better and the outcomes and the outputs stronger. And um, I think, especially in the context of of research culture, postdocs should feel uh, empowered to to ask for those conversations, to ask for placement opportunities or visiting opportunities or consulting. And that's okay. And then it should be a standard thing they should feel entitled to, to do. I think I think the other thing Liz mentioned earlier, as well as is this sort of uh, the competition for for funding for promotion, again often too narrow success impact metrics, and it, it drives a short termism siloing. You know, if you're constantly focused on the next first author paper in some you know glamorous journal, I use glamorous loosely there, nerd glamour, right? But publications in the primary literature or, or focus on the next prestigious grants, it just narrows horizons and. Um, you know, I think for me, that's sort of, I, I think, uh, particularly kind of insidious. is a sort of almost uh, cultural snobbery that any career track, other than becoming a professor in an elite research university, is a failure, right? And, and that's done a lot better, but it can be extremely damaging. It, it, it ends up meaning that you don't take advantage of all of the talents you have. It inhibits the multidisciplinarity. it inhibits creativity. Uh, and and the, the cohort of researchers that emerge from your that don 't or don 't want to become professors are end up being less equipped to make the difference in the real world and less equipped to to flourish in whatever their chosen career is and and, and less in, less likely to keep in touch with their old research group but which you know in the end will end up informing and enriching the research activities of the of the group they 've left behind um, the The other final thing i, I think which is you know i think it 's everywhere but Cambridge in particular is somehow we hold on to researchers too long, or, or the researchers themselves can end up staying too long. It's an amazing place, Cambridge. It's a wonderful place, inspiring place to work and to live. Uh, but I, you know, I had this conversation yesterday, the day before yesterday, with a postdoc. You know, you can become institutionalized. You can become too comfortable and, and not want to leave. And I think culturally, uh, PIs and the researchers themselves just need to pay attention to, I think, the hard reality that while there was always going to be exceptions, but Postdocs have a best before date in the job market. And if they stay too long in one place and they miss opportunities to build their network and experiences and and demonstrate their independence from a single supervisor, they're going to struggle. And and as PIs, we have a a duty of care to make sure they're conscious of that and we're paying attention to that and we're equipping them so they can move on and we're uh, encouraging them uh, to move on. Even if it's not in our shorter-term personal interests, you know where you want to keep the most productive researchers and squeeze every last bit of the You know, it's not necessarily in in, in their interest.
0: How would you like to see research culture changing at Cambridge over the next year or beyond that?
3: I, I think you know it's interesting watching the research funders are paying much more attention to this now. Um, but traditionally, I think, and I'm certainly I'm aware of other countries' funding agencies have put a much clearer emphasis on this message that a huge part of why they invest in research grants, why they invest in PIs, um, is, is about generating this human capital. It's not just about the publications. It's not just about the new knowledge. And I think we need to get that kind of message culturally out there to the PIs, that, that a part of our job is the development of a cohort of researchers uh, who will go out and do amazing things uh, in, in the real world, whether it's in academia or whether it's in industry or whether it's in government. Uh, I remember seeing once a a talk by a former senior of the U.S. National Science Foundation. He was talking to this large audience of high-flying PIs, and he was hammering home this message. He was telling them that people look back at the end of their careers and realize that one of the most important contributions they'll have made to academia, one of their most important uh, legacies, will have been the cohort of researchers that have gone through their group and have gone on to do their own great work. Uh, but made a difference based on the things they learned with the PI and the skills and insights the PI equipped them with. And it's 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 very easy to lose sight of that. So I think, you know, for me, it would be great if Cambridge PIs could just remember, you know, keep that in mind. If the, if the system incentives and the performance indicators would let them remember, one of the most important things they're doing is, is this development of a cohort of talented and creative researchers who are going to make a difference. In academia, but maybe also in industry, or government, or nonprofits, and that it's it is absolutely part of our job to let that kind of creativity and initiative flourish and to help that talent move on to where they can make the biggest difference. And if we could get that idea in people's minds, in the minds of the PIs, and I think the research culture would be transformed.
0: We'd like to ask that same question to both of you. So we go to Liz first.
1: So what I would like to see in the next 12 months is research culture become a topic that we all talk about at Cambridge. So it's um, on the national agenda, it's a real big topic of conversation. It's starting to penetrate uh, into parts of the university, but I want everybody to accept that it's something we need to pay attention to, and it's something that everyone has a responsibility to work on. So in the longer term, what I would really like to see change about research culture is that when people pursue an academic career, they don't do it in spite of all of the things they have to put up with, but they do it because it is an attractive career with a supportive culture.
0: Fantastic, thank you. And you think it'll be the same question to you? So, how would how would you like to see research culture at Cambridge changing over the next year or beyond that?
2: I mean, I would have to say is starting communication, raising awareness. That's definitely the first step to a. Uh, You're changing a culture that is going to be a long-term, slow progress. But any progress is good progress. And definitely the first step is to engage different stakeholders, different parties into the conversation so that they feel respected. They feel that their voices, their inputs are valued, and they can play a part in this process rather than being forced along or dragged through the process. So... So it goes back to, you know, the empowerment aspect and feeling value as a member of this institution.